And a good morning to you and welcome to the show. The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is brought to you by Mizuno Golf. Reach beyond by Sea Palms Resort. Try their new place to gather and eat at Sago. By Club Car, the global leader in golf utility and fun personal vehicles. By Bridgestone Golf. Play the ball that fits you. And by RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, giving back to our communities. On the show, we're going to talk with Dylan Stafford, the superintendent of Sea Island Resort, about getting two courses ready for a PGA event. Then we'll talk with Stephen Fisk, Georgia Southern grad who went to the Corn Ferry Q School last week, came out with a tour card for next year. We'll also talk with Drew Love, Davis's son, about his status and his plans for the season and how to play the RSM courses. And then Todd Thompson, the tournament director of the RSM, will talk to us about the local pros that are in, and some other guys that are in, and who received exemptions. But first up this morning is Drew Love, who played at the University of Alabama, a couple championship teams. Good morning, Drew, and welcome to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Morning, Rich. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. First off, i got to tell you, maybe our listeners don't know, but you recently lost over the last year 65 pounds. How did you do it? Uh, you know, uh, staying out of Southern Soul Barbecue and <laughs> and not eating a whole bunch of fried foods. Um, yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Rich. I uh, worked hard on that. Um, it was something I needed to change. I uh, was playing a tournament over in Singapore. Uh, got lucky enough to get a spot over there and went and played and played well. And uh, I missed out on qualifying for the British Open by a few shots. And uh, I realized that, you know, because I was a little bit out of shape, it was, well, more than just a little bit out of shape, I... I gave away a few shots uh, due to the heat over there. and That kind of just got me motivated, and uh, I worked hard on that for a while. And, uh, yeah, down under 200 pounds and feeling great, hitting the ball farther, and uh, everything's going well. You know, the first time I saw you when you came back uh, after losing the weight, I swear you looked like you were seven feet tall at least. I mean, it really made a big difference, and has it made a big difference in your game to lose that weight? Yeah, for sure. You know, you uh, – it, first of all, it's just the mental side of it, knowing that you're showing up to the course and uh, and you're going to be, you know, competitive. Uh, right, right. You show up out, out of shape and, and uh, you know, you lose a little bit of energy in the last three, four holes and uh, don't feel like you can finish as well. And I feel like I could go 36 uh, nowadays. And, and, you know, we recently walked 36 holes uh, a few weeks ago, and I just thought I could keep going and going and going. So. The energy is uh, is way up and uh, taking a lot of weight off my legs, and uh, you know it's really given me the confidence to know that I could uh, I can go all day. And you know, really the last last four holes, three holes is uh, what our trainer at Alabama used to tell us. The last three are the most important. Uh, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I wasn't finishing very well, and uh, got myself to the point now where I I just feel confident uh, knowing that I'm, I'm going to be able to last all day and uh, not really lose any shots to the field because of something that I can control on my own. So I just kind of took one variable out of play, and the more you can take out, the you know the more free you can play on the golf course. Got it. And so what's your schedule going to be like uh, for this year, Drew? Uh, this year I'm going to be playing some Monday qualifiers for the uh, Corn Ferry. I'm going to try to get into some of those. I've had success doing Mondays, and, uh, you know, that's really the – the only way to get there without a card is to Monday into a tournament, have a good finish, and, and you can play your way on. So um, I missed Q school this year uh, by a shot or two, and uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. But the way they set it up is, uh, it's you know, pretty fair. You, 
if you don't get through, you got a lot of opportunities. And uh, I know there's a lot of a lot of different ways to get there, and I'm going to chase them all. And, so, um, I'm actually headed to Sanctuary Cove right now to play a Swing Thought Tour event. Uh, I'm just going to try to stay competitive and play as many events as I can around this uh, great area we have here. So when you came out of the University of Alabama, you won a couple of national championships. You were strong. You were playing well. Did you think it'd be a little easier for you to be on one of the tours? And are you frustrated at this point of your career of not being there now? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of ways you could look at it. I I try to be a little bit more of a realist. I, uh, you know, I, I got off to a good start. I came right out of college and straight into the U.S. Open and was getting starts on tour and uh, was playing, you know, pretty good and had myself in some great some great spots to win tournaments and uh, just never got it done. And then, unfortunately, you know, I got got a couple injuries and uh, one illness that just kind of derailed every every sort of uh, the last since 2019. So, you know, I had that really good round up in Canada and shot 60 and was leading the tournament and had to go home and missed mm. the rest of the Canadian tour season. And then uh, COVID year, and then uh, I had surgery on my shoulder this January. So, you know, I I am frustrated that I'm not on a tour, but, you know, I kind of got to keep it in uh, keep it within the lines and realize that, you know, I haven't really had as many opportunities as some guys the last year and a half two years just with injuries and illnesses so uh, i'm trying to stay positive and uh, i know that i got the game for it i just need to get it all on the golf course and uh, you know keep these injuries away i feel like the, the more tournaments i can string together in a row the better i seem to play so i just got to yeah. keep it uh keep it healthy and keep myself out on the golf course and i know that eventually uh, as my dad says the cream rises to the top so hopefully uh, hopefully, if I keep working and stay healthy, I can do that. What do you need, Drew, right now, besides playing in more competitive tournaments to get to the tour, one of the tours? Yeah, it's something I've been talking about with people on my team, people I trust. Uh, that's difficult. You know, it, I play, you know, rounds of golf with some pros on the island and play these gambling games and try to compare myself to the, to the great pros we have around here and I feel like my game stacks up. I feel like I've got all the pieces. Um, I think the mental side really is where it's at. I, I just somehow, uh, you know, can't always seem to get 100% of my game transferred from practice and driving range onto the golf course. And, uh, you know, I, I can hit the shots and I can put it where I want to and I can do what I want to with the golf. So, you know, just kind of trying to get that confidence in a tournament. Um, I've got it elsewhere. It just uh, I need to need one or one or two rounds in a tournament to go right, and I feel like I could turn the corner. And um, I've shot some good scores and not been able to follow them up. So you know, it really is just about creating some momentum and some confidence. Isn't it amazing that you've got the skills, you've got the game, and now you've got to work on keeping your head in that game in order to try and make it on the tour, which you knew, which you know you can do because you know you can play well. Yeah, that's that's. Exactly it. You know, I feel like when I first got out of college, I was playing with this almost sort of cockiness or, you know, freedom that comes with being young and stupid. Uh, <laughs> you know, now that I'm a little bit older and I realize that, you know, every single shot really does matter. Um, you know, it's about not caring that every one of those shots matters and yeah. just trying to, you know, hit the best shot you can hit one shot at a time and not worrying about where, where it goes. You know, slap it and go 
go find it and do it again. And um, the more that you can focus on one shot at a time and not worry about the grand, you know, grand plan, everything seems to add up. So, uh, you know, really for me, it's it's always been just making sure that I can stay mentally strong. And I know the I know my body's in the right shape, and I know my swing's really good right now, and I'm, I'm hitting the crap out of the golf ball. So uh, if I could just stay positive and get out there and make a few putts early, it, it seems to seems to go my way some days and you know the days where it doesn't you just got to focus on what went wrong and try to fix it the next day yeah and that's golf you know your dad has won 21 times Ryder Cup captain does the success of your dad put more pressure on you to succeed Drew you know I used to say no I used to say that you know it doesn't doesn't put any pressure on me because he can't hit any shots for me and that and that still rings true you know he can't come out there and do anything for me he can't practice for me he can't hit the shots for me he can't do any of these kind of things uh, so it, it is still all, all on me but you know at the, at the end of the day you got to really look inside and figure out what's going wrong on the golf course and what's going wrong when you get these big opportunities and I think it's just a little bit uh, a little bit of pressure a little bit of tightness yeah. and expectations and want to make the my family proud, wanting to make my, you know, island and hometown proud. And you know, sometimes if you don't, you're not honest with yourself and you don't, you know, really look at it, you can block that out and say it doesn't matter. But if, of course it does. You know, I want to, I want to play well and I want, you know, everybody to, everybody to be, be proud of me. And, you know, I want to, I want to impress all my friends and all my family. And, you know, if you don't, you're not honest about that, uh, adding pressure, you know, then I feel like, I feel like you're, you know, kidding yourself. Yeah. I want to, I want to play great. I want to, you know, be one of the best golfers on the island. I want to be a Zach Johnson, a Johnson Bird, Davis Love, Matt Kuchar. You know, you want to be one of those guys that's on tour for a long time, and uh, you know that's that's what everybody wants. And if you, if that doesn't give you pressure, then you're probably not doing it in in the right way. So, um, you know, it's all about managing that, managing your expect. Like I said, focusing on one shot at a time because you can't. You can't get to the PGA yeah. Tour with one drive off the first tee box. You, know, yeah. you got to string together a couple thousand to do that. So, yeah. uh, you know, you just got to got to stay in the right frame of mind and realize that that pressure uh, shouldn't hinder you, but maybe give you a little bit of a kick in the butt and, uh, and get you going. So, um, trying to sort of rewire the head to think about these situations in different ways. And, um, you know, pressure's pressure's a good thing. Pressure makes diamonds. So, if you can't handle a little bit of pressure playing mini tours and you know, Monday qualifiers, and you definitely won't be able to handle it Sunday you know, at a major on the tour. So um, these are good learning opportunities. It's a good chance for me to kind of hone my game in out here on some you know easy-ish golf courses, figure out how to make a bunch of birdies, yeah. and then um, hope we get some bigger opportunities down the road. Well, you talked about being proud to your family and to the island and all the other things, but the bottom line is you got to be proud and true to yourself. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Drew, thanks for taking the time. Good luck in the tournament today, and uh, good luck on your journey, and we'll see you very soon, I'm sure, at the RSM. Thanks a lot, Rich. I'll see you around the course. All right, thanks. Drew Love talking about his journey, his injuries, and weight loss, 65 pounds. All right, we're coming up uh, next with the superintendent of Sea Island, how to get two courses ready, how to play the course, and how the greens, he thinks, are going to run based on the weather forecast that's coming up. But first, Mizuno Golf has always had the best irons in the game. The JPX 921 Series offers feel and performance to suit players of all skill levels. And now their new STG 220 driver offers maximum adjustability and two movable weights. 
Complete your bag with a brand new T22 wedges featuring three finishes, and that'll help improve your short game. Check out all that is new with Mizuno at MizunoGolf.com. Nothing feels like Mizuno. Reach beyond. This is Bobby Clampett of the PGA Tour, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. Glad you're with us. Uh, next up is Dylan Stafford, the superintendent at Sea Island Resort, where the RSM is going to be played. I talked with Dylan about getting two courses ready for a PGA tournament. For this tournament in August, it's when we start upping the hours there again. Our crew knows kind of what to expect year in, year out, so they know these long, longer hours are coming this time of year. So pretty much from August, September, October, we're 12, 14-hour days every day getting ready for the tournament. All right. Do you put in any special sand per PGA rules or PGA agronomy the way that they want it, or is the sand pretty much the same as it always is at the courses? Are you talking on the bunkers or in the yes. bunkers? Yeah. Yes. No, no. We keep the same sand there year-round. Okay. Yeah. And what do you think the greens are going to be running during the tournament? And I know that also depends a lot about weather. Yes. We're expecting some cold days early in the week. So we think greens are going to get, you know, close to 13. You know, we have to be careful not to get too, too crazy during the week, especially if the wind starts blowing. But we're expecting 12 to 13. And if it gets higher than 13, what are some things that you could do in order to slow the greens down? Usually, if all things are equal, we're looking at a double mow and roll every day. So we can take off a mow. We can take it off a roll. Um, sometimes we'll add a little water around some pin placements if possible. And does it put extra pressure on you? You've been here now for a while, and you've done four tournaments. When the PGA Tour comes in, you guys just kind of go through a checklist of things to be done, and then you kind of make sure all those things are done before the tournament. Absolutely. And we kind of know what to expect was cut on that checklist. So, you know, our PGA Tour bumps will go out and walk the golf courses, and they, they give us a punch list. And for two or three years now, our punch list has been very small, so we're, we're pretty happy about that. And I know you and I talked a little bit earlier about uh, – divots and uh, either filling them in with sand or uh, replacing that divot with the grass that was kicked out. And you said something interesting about that most of the time, if people put back the divots, you're still going to fill them up with sand. Yeah, what we'll do, you know, every afternoon during, during tournament weeks, we go out in the afternoons and we, we fill divots. That's one of our afternoon jobs. Um, I think the players prefer to have their know what's, what they're sitting on. If they're sitting on a divot that's been replaced, they don't know what's underneath that. But if they're sitting on a sand you know ball on top of sand that they know what how, how to play that shot more than they would the other shot yeah they know how to play that shot but most amateurs <laughs> complain because it's in a darn divot um maintenance wise do y'all cut every day do you mow every day do you roll every day or does it depend upon the weather we're planning on cutting every all short grass every day um roughs will give those one last cut this weekend and then we won't touch the roughs again the entire week but all the short grass, tees, fairways, and greens get mowed every day. Um, the rolling kind of depends on, on weather conditions. We're usually looking to at least get a roll out in the afternoons just to smooth things off, and then we'll take a look in the mornings and see if we need to roll again in the morning. Does the PGA Tour require the rough to be a certain length during a PGA tournament? No, it, it kind of varies from spot to spot. So, you know, they'll come to me and say, you know, where can we find a in-between spot where we want roughs, you know. So that's, that's kind of where we determine that. And where will the roughs be as far as measurements? We'll cut them an inch and a half. What happens between now and the end of the by Sunday, you know, depending on weather, whether those get up to close to two inches or not. And I know as the superintendent, you are uh, good friends with the upstairs guy that handles all the weather, um, or we all try to be. Uh, 
what have you seen as far as in advance of the tournament next week as far as what we can expect during the tournament? Like I said, the first couple of days, like some cold mornings, that'll slick greens up pretty good because we're not going to grow a lot of grass during those days. Towards the end of the week, I mean, we're seeing great temps, like 50s in the morning and 60s and 70s in the afternoons, clear skies. And that'll be Thursday through Sunday, so it looks like the weather is going to be kind of decent. Most of the golfers will be out, and they'll kind of de-layer as the day goes on. Correct. And it, I know it's exciting to see all these big players that are coming and playing both courses. As the superintendent, um, does it bug you when the guys are going really low on the golf course that you all have maintained, or does it, or do you like that? It, it doesn't bug me, and yeah, I have no opinion on either one, one way or the other. Sure, I'd like to win below 30 miles an hour one day and see some plus fours and things like that, but no, it, it, that doesn't bug me if they go low. I know I've talked to some of the course designers, and uh, they don't like it sometimes when the pros go low on their courses, and then they think, well, maybe I've got to go back and make it harder, but these guys are just so much better and stronger than they used to be. Sure, and you know, and we're not real long here, and especially on seaside the, the main defense on seaside is the wind if, if the wind's not blowing that those guys can, can get pretty low out there yeah i know tommy fleetwood uh last year uh bv told me that he hit a driver nine iron on 14 the par four and then the next day driver four iron and that's all wind related exactly and you know those holes 13 14 and coming down wind on 15 that it, it changes day to day if we, if we got a, a good wind out there so as far as plantation is concerned, uh, what holes do you think, based on what you know about the weather, do you think are going to play a little bit more difficult than the others? Number nine is always a tough hole, long par four on number nine. And then uh, 14 can get, get tough also. We, you know, we converted that one to a par five when we did the renovation. So I think nine and 14 are the holes to look out for. And 18 also coming home. And what about on Seaside? Seaside, I, I, I think it's 11 through 15. I think that's where the, the money holes are right there. If you get around that corner, you know, even par, I think you're doing pretty well. You know, whenever I play Seaside, I always think, okay, the wind is at my front on 10 and 11, and we make the turn to go to 12. I think it's going to be behind me, but it never is. Right. It seems like it changes, and it's always, always in front of me. Yeah, that 12 is a tricky hole, and then you're going back down the other way on 13. And 13, it makes it look easier than this, but I think 13 and 14, like I said, that – that stretch there from 11 between 15 is where I think tournaments are won and lost. Well, you guys have done an excellent job, and uh, good luck on the tournament, and thanks for being with us. Thanks very much. That is Dylan Stafford, the superintendent at Sea Island Resort. Now we're going to the tournament director, Todd Thompson. Good morning, Todd. How are you? Well, Rich, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. So tell us, besides our local guys like Zach and Matt and Davis, who were some of the other pros that uh, our listeners would have heard of before? Oh wow, we got a really good field this year. We thought um, yeah, last year we were behind the Masters and we had an outstanding field due that a lot of guys were there and then came down here during the COVID. But you know, we got guys like Jason Day, we got Luke Donald, we got um, guys like Chesson Hadley, um, Chris Kirk is an RSM guy, Charles Howe's coming back. He's won here before. Um, Matt Kuchar's going to play. Obviously, he's a local guy. Justin Rose uh, committed the other day. Oh, great. So, so we have some Jimmy Walker, another major champion. So a um, lot, lot of good ones coming this week. So a uh, lot of good players for guys to come out and watch. Um, and we hope, hope everybody will.
And Adam Scott, I heard, Lee Westwood, Scotty Scheffler from the uh, Ryder Cup team. Yeah, so, you know, seeing Ryder Cup guys out here, and um, it's, it's going to be really good. The weather forecast is looking really strong, so um, we encourage everybody to come out and watch some good golf. And I know that there are exemptions. You announced them yesterday. You and I kind of briefly talked as you were walking down the uh, cart path, but uh, who, who got exemptions for this year? So this year we gave exemptions to Vaughn Taylor. Um, we gave one to Camilla Vajegas. Um, we gave one to uh, Davis Thompson. Um, i trying to think of my list here. My names keep running together. But uh, a whole group. And then the last two that we will pick for, uh, for this week will be our two Corn Ferry guys. We have to go to the Corn Ferry Tour and players from, from their okay. graduates that made the tour this year. So we'll pick those this morning and um, and finish that off. And um, our Jones Cup champion, he'll, he'll be here as well. And you said Jonathan Bird was also one that you gave an exemption Correct. to. Correct. Yes, sir. That's yes, great. Sir. That's great. Love, love taking care of the local guys. You betcha. Well, Todd, thank you. I know it was quick to, uh, to come out, and I know you're busy. Uh, we'll talk more next week uh, during the tournament. Uh, thank you for taking time this morning. Yes, sir. Thanks, Rich. All right. Todd Thompson, tournament director at the RSM, coming up next on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show is going to be Georgia Southern grad Stephen Fisk, who just earned his Corn Ferry Tour card. He'll be next live on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Hi, this is Damon Green, PGA Tour caddy, and you're listening to me on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. Glad you are with us, and we are glad that Stephen Fisk, who won nine times at Georgia Southern, uh, is with us. Good morning, Stephen, and welcome to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Sure. All right. First off, congratulations on getting your Corn Ferry card. Thank you very much. It was uh, an interesting way of doing that. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, the tournament started uh, horrible weather. I mean, just almost a monsoon, raining sideways, wind and everything else. But tell us about your thoughts about the round, uh, what was going on at the landings where you were trying to get in the, to get your card. Yeah, so uh, the first couple of days were pretty windy, and then the second day it was really blowing and really cold and you know, kind of raining, so it was pretty miserable. And then the uh, third and fourth days, we had nice weather, and, you know, I was lucky enough to play good the last day and make a few putts and hit a, hit a couple close and just kind of had a bunch of things kind of fall my way. So what are your thoughts when the weather is that bad? I mean, I played that day, not to my liking, because I had friends in town and they drove six hours to get here, but if I would have had a choice, I wouldn't have played. You didn't have a choice because you're trying to get your card. So how bad was the weather, and how much does that mentally affect you going into your round, knowing that you're trying to make a, you know, a cut and also trying to get your card? Yeah, so uh, first off, I had a really good caddy. One of my old teammates, uh, yep. Jake Maples, came to caddy for me. And, you know, he was working as hard as he could, trying to keep everything dry and, uh, you know, just work as hard as he could for me. And he did a great job to kind of helped me do all the things that you know well he I guess I could say he was doing all the stuff that a, a player doesn't want to do in the weather's <laughs> like that yeah and uh I don't know just mentally you know it's just going to be a grind and it's going to be cold it's going to be wet but everybody's out there dealing with it um thankfully I was on the uh the easier of the two courses I felt like that 
that kind of helped me out a bit just with not having to play such a tough course in such tough conditions. So when you're playing in the rain and the wind like that, um, do you, I know you're thankful for playing on the easier course, but does that, are you just trying to make pars? I mean, occasionally you might have a chance to make a birdie, but you're just not trying to shoot yourself out of the tournament at that point. Yeah, I think uh, it's so cliche, but you just have to take it one shot at a time yeah. and try and stay as focused as you can on what's right in front of you and deal with it the best you can right there in the moment. Because if you try and get ahead of yourself or if you know if you kind of get going in a bad direction and get hung up on some bad shots, you just got to understand that everybody's going to hit a few, and especially in conditions like that, and just kind of keep plugging along. And I know you had Jake with you. I talked to Jake a little bit this week, and uh, you know he was telling me how you were going through the round. It's nice to have not only a friend but a, a, a teammate that's with you that has been in some of those situations you were in. How much did having Jake help you in that moment for those four rounds? Uh, it helped a ton. You know, he was... He caddied for me at second stage as well, and after after second stage, I kind of thought back about it and realized how invested he was in, in what he and I were trying to accomplish together. Uh, and I've always kind of, I haven't been a pro for a really long time, but I've, I've used a couple of local caddies over the last couple of years, and I've always enjoyed having a, having a friend with me, having somebody to, to travel with and hang out with a bit, but also somebody who's you know, pretty familiar with my game and kind of understands the way I might think about things. Uh, and it's, it was just a really good fit, really comfortable and, you know, really enjoyable, even in, even in crappy conditions. Yeah. Uh, that's probably, um, uh, uh, interesting way to put it. Uh, but Jake told me that you made it easy, especially on the last day. He said you were sinking some putts. We didn't make many the first few days, so we were kind of hoping that we were kind of hoping that, that that would flip for us the last day. But I made I made a couple fifteen footers and then hit a few shots from into the green, you know, six to ten feet, and was able to make a good number of those. And I don't know, I didn't feel like we played really any different. Um, but you know, some days the ball goes in and some days it doesn't. And, I'm pretty happy they did that day. Yeah, and, you know, making putts can really mentally keep you in a round or quickly take you out of a round. So when you're making 15-footers or you're hitting shots closer than you were before, uh, mentally that's got to do a lot for your game. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I kind of really the first three days just felt like nothing was going in, hitting tons of good approaches and hitting a ton of good putts you know, slight misreads or catching edges here or there. And then the, uh, the I started on 10 the last day and hit a nice snap hook three wood into the trees, punched out short of the green, chipped up to 15 feet and had a really hard, slow curl in on the low side uh, for par. And I kind of sat there and thought, wow, maybe, they, maybe they're going to go in today instead <laughs> of lip out or burn the edges. So it was kind of that thought pops in your head and like, all right, you know, it hadn't been going in that, that, uh, all those putts that look like they're 50, 50, maybe the, maybe the 50 is going to fall my way today. 
Well, you've got to be proud of being the only Georgia Southern player to win nine times. Um, I mean, that's got to make you proud, give you a lot of momentum as you had going into this tournament. Uh, but what does being at Georgia Southern, working with Coach Carter and all your teammates like Jake, I mean, what does that do? It, 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 it must make you proud to be there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll always be proud of going to Georgia Southern. They've done they've done more for me than I could ever give back to them, for sure. Uh, Carter, especially, and a bunch of people in the athletic department, um, athletic trainers, everybody. Uh, it's it's just one of those places that'll always have a special place in my heart. And I think I, I truly don't think there was a better fit for me in a place that I could have gone for four years and gotten any better. And now here's the thing. Here you had college. You had your trainers. You had Coach Carter. You had your teammates. And now you're on the Corn Ferry Tour. And now you're on your own. So it's going to be a lot different than it was in college. Are you looking forward to that? I think so. It's, it's, a, it's a completely new challenge, um, completely new courses, new travel schedule, things like that. Uh, <laughs> But I think over the last couple of years, I've, I've, you know, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but I think I'm kind of starting to, to work my way up on that and understand what I need to do to play my best golf and who I need to surround myself with now that I'm a pro and uh, just give myself the best opportunity to succeed. And now you're going out on the Corn Ferry Tour. You've got a Corn Ferry Tour card. And now you're going to be playing a lot of courses that you haven't seen before. So will you go in earlier now when you finally make your schedule up for next year to try and get more acquainted, go online? I mean, how are you going to get acquainted with these courses that you've not played before? Yeah, I'll definitely try and do a little bit of research uh, at home and, you know, use some, some Google Maps and things like that. Um, there's a system called Decade Golf that can print some good yardage books to have and just kind of get a feel for some tee shots and things like that. Um, but as far as, as prep for the week, once I get there, um, just try and keep things really consistent, uh, not try and put too much emphasis on one week over the other or one course over another. I think it's it's really easy to get caught up in, you know, short-term stuff, and I'm, I'm kind of turning the corner on realizing that you got to think a lot bigger than that. Uh, and, and if you can do that and not get so focused on, you know, next week or next month and just focus on trying to get better and prepare the best you can, that that'll, in the long run, that'll put you in the best position. Now you're in an opportunity between now and when the season starts. What's your schedule? What are you thinking about? How many tournaments are you going to play? So playing the RSM Monday qualifier uh, in a couple days. And then if I get through that, obviously I'll play RSM. But if I don't, I'm going to take some nice time off because I think I need some. Mm -hmm. uh, but <clears throat> tournament golf-wise, I may try and find a, a mini tour event or something like that to play in, um, you know, early January to get ready for the Corn Ferry schedule. Uh, but if, if I can't find something there, I'll probably just roll into the Bahamas real fresh and uh, make sure I'm ready. Is that the first tournament for next year at the Corn Ferry? Yes, sir. So the first two are in uh, in the Bahamas, and then a week off, and then I believe it's Panama, Colombia, and then back to the U.S. to play in Florida. That'd be the first five. 
Sounds kind of cool to start all this traveling, but the Bahamas is a tough place to start out a career because of the wind conditions down there. Are you a good wind player? Uh, depends on the day, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> depends on the wind, I too, think, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, depends on the wind. Uh, I, I think I think it's just one of those things that everybody has to deal with. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not too too windy down there, but if it is, we'll just we'll just hit it head on and deal with it. Well, as Jack Nicholas said, you know, when it's raining half the field, I know I've got them beat because they're already mentally out of it. And in the wind like that, if you can keep your ball where you want it or just about where you want it, you can be ahead of half the field because they've already mentally taken themselves out of it. Yeah, I think that's really true. It's That's one of the things I realized in college, especially if you get some, some crappy weather or even if it's just cold or you're on a tough course, a lot of guys, uh, I don't want to say that anybody's phoning it in, but I think you can, if you can stay a little more present than some other people, you kind of have an advantage. I don't know how, I don't know how many guys are playing corn Ferry that aren't, that are, that are kind of thinking that way. But I think, uh, you know, if you stay in it, you'll, you'll, you'll get some good results out of it. All right. You, as I said, had a lot of success in college. You won nine times. You were on the Walker Cup that played over in Europe. You also were the NCAA individual. You finished second to a guy that's won a PGA Tour event, a guy by the name of Matthew Wolf. Uh, how impressed were you with his game? Um, and now knowing that he's won on the PGA Tour, you play second. Does that give you more confidence going into your next season on the Corn Ferry Tour? Yeah, I think it's cool to see a bunch of guys that you're kind of competing against have success. It just shows you that, you know, when, when you're sitting at home and maybe you're struggling or you're, you're missing cuts or something like that, you're really never as far off as you think you are. And uh, the, the margins are so small. And the hardest part is giving yourself those opportunities to prove that you belong out there. Because uh, everybody's good is really, really good. And all you got to do is, is put yourself in the right position to show that. Now, I know one of your mentors is Coach Carter, and um, uh, you're going to keep in touch with him, I'm sure, throughout the year. Um, I know he's super proud of you. Um, it's just got to be great to be able to have him follow you and you kind of keep in touch with him now as you go on to this next journey. Yeah, Carter and I, you know, we, we have a great relationship. I'd, I'd call it more of a friendship now. But uh, right. he uh, he did a lot for me when I was in school, and I don't know. It's just kind of a special bond that he and I created, and I'd say that we talk, you know, a couple times a week at a minimum and try and stay up to date with everything. But I know that he was really happy for me, and we, we had a nice conversation on the way, on the drive back from Savannah uh, last week. It was It was pretty cool. What was the first call that you made after you got your tour card? I called my girlfriend first. <laughs> she, uh, she, I, I took probably 30 minutes after I finished and just watched a bunch of texts and calls roll in. And I, I, I mean, I, I hadn't had lunch. It was like four o'clock. Couldn't eat anything. Trying to figure out what had just really happened because I got so, so caught up in the moment, just trying to stay focused. And finally finally had the nerve to pick up the phone and call her and um you know kind of let her in on the moment too yeah well that's that's kind of cool we want to talk some more to you Stephen. so we got to take a quick break but we're going to be back with Stephen fisk 
Georgia Southern grad, won nine times, and just recently got his Corn Ferry tour card. Talking about uh, what you might do tonight for dinner, opens at 4.30, my special place, could be your special place, and should be if you like deep dish. It is CJ's Italian Restaurant. They are known for their deep dish. They are also known for their customer service and everything else that they have. The thin crust, the cauliflower crusts, and everything is made fresh, including their pizza doughs, their breads, their sauces, dressings, toppings, meatballs, lasagnas, and that list goes on and on and on. The produce is delivered fresh and prepared daily, and uh, as I said, their customer service is great. Just call them up, give them your order. You pull right up in front of the location on Mallory Street across from Parker's, and boom, you got it. It'll come right out. They'll bring you. It's hot. It is excellent. Deep dish is what they're known for. And if you don't know all else that they have, check out their menu at CJ's Italian Restaurant. That's CJ's Italian Restaurant. Com. Good morning. This is David Bass. I'm the owner of Quantum Force Golf, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Radio Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. We're on the phone with Stephen Fisk, Georgia Southern grad, and uh, just received his Corn Ferry tour card. Uh, Stephen, I got to ask you this. Uh, I, I saw some research about your greatest golf memory is with Rocco Mediate. Can you tell us what happened and why that's your greatest golf memory? Yeah, so they uh, they asked me what my my greatest memory was as, as a kid, and uh, I went up to the old PGA Tour event at uh, Sugarloaf in Atlanta, and he was out playing a practice round with uh, Kenny Perry, I think, and I was the only kid out there. And he said, "Hey, you want to come hit one on one of the par threes?" So he gave me a six iron or something, and I asked him if I could hit his driver. He said no, but. Uh, <laughs> He gave me a six iron and I hit one, you know, halfway up to the green. And then he called me up there on the green as well. And he had one of those, I don't know, I think it was a belly putter, but for me, it must've been, you know, up to my chin. Oh gosh. So yeah. He, uh, he gave, he gave me that and let me hit a couple eight footers. I think I, I think I made one of them and then I, I went on my way, but that was, that was pretty cool. And you started playing golf, uh, on a par three course. Do you think that helped your game as you are today as far as your iron play? I do, yeah. I think I think that my iron play was the first thing that really developed for me. Um, my, my parents built the par three course in Stockbridge, and uh, I think that opened when I was five, so I just grew up out there. Uh, I still played some, some regular 18-hole courses and whatnot growing up, but I, I certainly spent a vast majority of my time out there just doing loops on the par three all day long. And I understand you also use the same ball marker. Now, does that mean same that it never changes? What is it? So I got a ball marker from uh, True Blue Ball Markers, a guy named Jeffrey Jenkins. He He's made some pieces for uh, the Georgia Southern team for the last, gosh, I can't remember. I might have even been my freshman year, and he gave me a, a coin that's got my initials on it says Gata. So I, I used that all through college. And uh, it, it's kind of funny you ask because this past week at Q School, he had just sent me a new one that I thought was pretty interesting. So I didn't putt great the first day and thought I needed some different mojo on the greens and tried the uh, tried the new one for a couple of days, and that didn't work either. So I went back to the uh, 
back to the original <laughs> for the final round after after putting it in timeout for a couple of days. <laughs> so how many of them do you have? Can you keep you know interchanging them based on how they're doing? I think I'm going to stick with the original, but uh, I think I've got six or seven of them from, okay. from the last five or six years that he's been kind enough to make me, and I've got them all in a little little pouch in my back. Carry so, them all with me. So if you lose one or one doesn't work, you can always just change it out and hope that the next one will work after you put it in timeout. Absolutely. Yes. I always use the original for, for tournaments, but on a on a fun day or a day at home, it doesn't really matter which one I grab. All right. How do you handle, Stephen, missed cuts? I know it's not the greatest topic to talk about, but it's also reality. So how do you handle missed cuts? I think it depends. Sometimes you're inside the cut line and you move backwards and, you know, miss by one or two. And sometimes you, you're trying to fight and find something. You're pretty far off the cut line and you're, you're working your way towards it. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that you got to try and find some positives, but certainly take a little bit of time to be, you know, a little upset or a little disappointed because that wasn't the outcome you were hoping for. But you just got to figure out what you did well and what you need to work on and try and give yourself the best plan moving forward. I don't, you know, one, one or two miscuts in the end of the world. And if you can kind of look at it that way, they may not weigh on you so much. Well, I know all the sports psychologists always tell you that even in a miscut or a, a bad round, you got to take a look at the positives and totally have a short memory and forget about whatever negatives were in that round. Yeah, I think, you know, at the level we play at, you can't possibly be doing everything poorly. So right. I think, I think, I think you just got to figure out what you did well and then figure out what what was what really cost you shots that week and where you can improve for the next event and just kind of make a little plan moving forward. I, you know, you miss a cut. If you're, if you're still on the road, you've got an extra couple of days to prepare for the next event. So right. take advantage of those and, and just try and be ready for the next one. Cause the one you just finished, you know, that one's over and it's just time to move on. Yep. You can't dwell on the past. So on your schedule, we've got about a minute left on the schedule. Would you like play three or four weeks in a row, take a week or two off? What have you decided or what are you thinking about doing for next year? Yeah. So the first part of the schedule is pretty spread out. So I'm guaranteed the eight starts. Okay. And I'll be able to play all, I'll be able to play all of those without playing more than three weeks in a row. Okay. Um, but I certainly think once once summer hits and we start having tournaments every week, I don't see myself playing more than, you know, three, maybe four weeks in a row. Right. Um, I'd rather just try and make sure my body's fresh and my mind's fresh and give myself, you know, quality opportunities instead of the quantity of opportunities. Gotcha. What about Caddy for next year? You thought about it? I think Jake's going to do it. All right. That's cool. I, I like think, to hear that. Yeah, that's yeah, good. He, he's, he's, he's looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to it. I think we uh, I think we made a good team the last last uh, I guess in Q school. So yeah, I would say so. They're bringing him on the road. I would say so. I'll miss him over at Sea Island, but uh, I I think that'll be great for both of you to go out there as a team. And as you said, you've played together, you've worked together. It'll work out. Stephen, thank you, and good luck on the Corn Ferry Tour, and uh, good luck in qualifying. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. Stephen Fisk on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. We want to thank you also for being with us every Saturday and Sunday right here on ESPN Coastal, the Back Nine Boys Golf Show.